2021 is almost over. Whew. Well, first things first, you should know that um, I am not a what some people might call a peaceable guy. Uh, my, my wife loves the, the personality test, and she is, she is what's defined, I guess what's defined as the peacekeeper, um, does what she can to keep people happy and so that there's no turmoil. I, on the other hand, am on the exact opposite end of that spectrum. I like stirring the pot and then walking away and seeing what happens with the pot that I'm not involved with. Um, so when Pastor Reg says, hey, you want to preach the, the Sunday after Christmas, I said, I said, yeah, absolutely. And then I, as I'm praying and, and asking the Lord what he wants me to speak on, he says, I want you to, I want you to come from John 14, 27. And I was like, all right, cool. I can come from there. And then when I turned there and I, and I read John 14, 27, it's all about peace and, and a lasting peace. And as I've gotten older, I, I've come to realize that, that peace is something that a majority of people strive for. Uh, having kids, I understand when parents say they just want some peace and quiet. Uh, the last two days, my, my five-year-old has gone crazy because of the presence. Uh, I see where she, I mean, I, I was the same way. I remember getting up at four o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning, hoping that there were presents underneath the tree and my parents wanting to kill me because I went into the room at 4.30 asking if it was time to open presents yet. But she, she was running across the, the, the house, wanting to open the next one, and quickly puts another present in the lap so then she can run back to the tree, grab another present, opens that one, then goes back to the She's just so excited. And, I, and there were times where I felt like I would just, 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 just bring some peace, right? When we would go with, camping with my parents, we'd be sitting around a fire, and, and comments were always made about how peaceful it was just to be outside at night. And after a, a busy week, looking to find some peace from a busy week, right? We, we like to just sit with family. We have our ways that we just like to unwind, right? You know, and there, there is one form of peace that often comes with decisions and other big life events. Uh, a phrase that I often hear is, I'm at peace with this decision. Or some advice is usually given. Ask yourself, are you at peace with the direction that your life is going? Regardless of which area you most identify with, it can be said that peace is one of the most desired things among people in the world today. In fact, we, we see it spray-painted on signs and chanted at rallies, removing peace as is even used as a threat for certain people groups to get what they want. So it's no secret that peace is something to be desired and it's something that most people don't like to be disturbed. There is a reason that when some adults and, and a lot of kids don't get what they want, the, res the result is to disrupt the peace. And if you want them to calm down, then you just give them what they want and the peace will be restored. Sadie, my five-year-old, threatens me with this almost on a daily basis. If I want her to stop screaming, she just wants the Oreo and then she'll stop screaming. There are those adults who have the personality of the peacekeeper, meaning they do whatever they can to make sure that the people closest to them are not angry or upset with them and will go out of their way to make sure that they are not upset. Some of these people will even sweep conflict under the rug and not deal with it if it means peace can be kept, even if it means they remain uncomfortable. 
You see, peace is also not a foreign concept to God. And before we go further, I want to make sure that you have notes so that you could follow along uh, with where we're going this morning. So if you were not able to get a worship bulletin this morning, um, Aaron's coming. And if you just raise your hand, he'll, he'll put one in your hand this morning so you can have the notes to go along with us this morning. There are many, there are many texts that speak of searching for peace and living at peace. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Romans 14, 19, Paul tells us to pursue peace. Romans 12, 18, Paul instructs us that so far as it depends on you to live at peace with everyone. Peace is also something that God wants us to have, but not in the sense that you may think. Look with me at John 14, 27. It says this, this is Jesus talking to his disciples in the last lesson that he would give before he's betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, it's interesting to me that Jesus, in the moments right before he was about to be betrayed by one of his own disciples, speaks about peace. Especially when you think what was about to ensue in those moments after. In man's eyes, this would have been chaos and anything but peaceful. How could Jesus say that he was going to leave peace knowing what was going to happen, knowing what was coming next? Could it be that this peace that Jesus is talking about is different than the peace that we know here on earth? That Jesus in John 14, 27 was speaking about a different piece that his disciples didn't know about yet. And this morning, we're going to look at this one verse to get a better understanding of that word peace that Jesus uses. And by the time we are through, my prayer is that we will have a complete understanding of how to find true peace in 2022. But in order to understand peace as Jesus uses in John 14, 27, the first thing we must do is we need to look at the nature of true peace. You see, objectively, in the New Testament, peace has to do with the person standing before God, where subjectively it has to do with the experience of peace in everyday living. So in other words, there's God's peace, which is true peace, and then we have our personal peace that we get to experience here in everyday life. Subjective peace or personal peace can be different for each person, and how one gets to the point of personal peace is also different. God's peace is the foundation for which all other peace is based. It is the peace that Paul talks about in Philippians 4-7, when he says, "...in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding." Which means that the peace of God is higher than any peace that I can understand or you can understand. That also means that if there is no peace with God, then there cannot be any real peace in this life. Because God's peace is supreme to any peace that I can achieve. See, obtaining any kind of peace in this life only leaves the person reaching for more. Because they have not yet obtained true peace. And until you have the peace that surpasses all understanding, it only leaves you wanting more. Because peace in this life is only temporary. Peace treaties are broken. 
different rulers arise with their own agendas and, and, and uh, ensue moments of, dis, uh, of unrest. But outside of that, the other roadblock, per se, is that oftentimes we try to find our personal peace before we even consider looking at whether or not we are at peace with God. We oftentimes try to fix what's going on in our lives and think we must have this all dealt with before we even think of turning to God. Looking at the nature of peace, though, we can gain the understanding that without God's peace, there's no way we are going to ever have peace in this life. To grasp this full concept, we need to look back all the way at Genesis 3 and understand that ever since the fall, humans have been at war with God. Paul tells us in Romans 5.18 that one trespass led to the condemnation for all men. This means that every man and woman, woman oppose God either by heritage or by personal choice. Every human who has lived or will live or is currently living besides Jesus is born separated from God. There is no middle ground with this either. You are either with or against God. And Jesus confirms this for us in Luke eleven twenty three, when he says that whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. The good news is, however, that peace can be restored through Jesus Christ. We just have to first understand the source of peace. That's point number two. Looking at the source of true peace. God is the God of peace. Countless passages in the New Testament refer to God as the God of peace. Paul sends his blessings to the Romans by praying over them that the God of peace be with them. He then makes the same reference in Romans 16.20 and speaking about the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Paul also references the God of peace to the Philippians. In Philippians 4.9, he tells them that as long as they practice the things that he has taught them, the God of peace will be with them. So these verses confirm that God is the God of peace and helps affirm what Jesus tells his disciples in John 14.27 when he tells them that my peace I leave with you. See, Jesus is speaking very authoritatively here, and this peace that he left with the disciples is the same exact peace that we have access to today. The peace that Jesus was leaving with his disciples is that peace that surpasses all understanding. The one thing we cannot do is count out the role the Holy Spirit plays in instilling this peace. This was the main thing that Jesus was alluding to when he told his disciples that he would leave them with his peace. See, the Holy Spirit's main ministry is actually to impart that peace to believers. The peace that Jesus promises to give them would come in fullness on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, when Jesus ascended into heaven and then sent the Holy Spirit from the Father. You see, the, the Holy Spirit is often the most overlooked entity. When we pray, we usually start our prayers with Father God, which isn't bad because we have access to God the Father through the Holy Spirit. We oftentimes pray in ways uh, asking God to go before us and prepare us and lead us and show us and help us and heal us and on and on and on. And do you know why we get to pray that way? Why we can pray that way in full confidence? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's own spirit 
When you surrender your life to Jesus, you commit your life to him, repent of your sin, and you are given God's very own spirit to live inside of you. You have the source of peace living in you and have access to him 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. That peace that Jesus is going to leave and that he calls his peace is the same peace that would end up keeping him calm during mockery, scorn, hostility, hatred, betrayal, and even death. This is the same peace that can provide us followers of Jesus with a calmness and freedom from worry and anxiety that is unaffected by and triumphs over even the most difficult of circumstances, which personal or man's peace cannot do. Which is kind of hard because some of us have faced some hard things in this life, haven't we? It's only looking to Christ that anyone can find peace and settled confidence during any hardship. But here's the thing. Word of caution is that the world is going to want to tell you differently. The world is going to want to tell you and will tell you that you don't need to find peace with God before finding peace in this world. And this is where we find the contrast to true peace. Because true peace cannot be found in this world, the only thing the world has to offer is an experience of a false peace through self-indulgence, materialism, love, romance, substance abuse, false religion, psychotherapy, or a host of other placebos. We medicate the fact that we're hurting and we're eternally separated from God. The Bible repeatedly emphasizes that the world's peace is inadequate. Isaiah 48, 20, 20, Isaiah 48, 22, I was trying to say 2022 again. The prophet says, there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. And again, I say the biggest roadblocks roadblock comes from this thought that we must have it all together before we come to God. We spend countless days and hours pursuing a peace that we cannot obtain on our own or by trying harder. It's not going to work. The biggest contrast to true peace that the world offers is the illusion that based on temporarily positive circumstances or ignorant escapism. This is not true peace at all. The reason people lack true peace, the reason we lack true peace, is not an emotional, psychological, or circumstantial problem, but I would argue it's purely theological. Simply put, have peace with God, have peace in this world. But true peace, or peace with God, doesn't just show up. It's not like how Sadie just thinks that her presence just show up. Right? Peace doesn't just miraculously appear. We also need to pursue that true peace. Jesus then moves to tell his disciples that it is their, their responsibility now to pursue that peace. He tells them, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus uses language here that it is their choice of whether they are going to rest in his peace or whether they are going to pursue their own desires. It is now their choice as what is to what they do. In Ephesians 5.18, Paul tells us the same thing when he says, 
that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command. This means it is our responsibility to take hold of God's promises and live our lives according to his word and not our own. Pursuing true peace means that we are to die to ourselves, as Jesus tells us in Luke 9, 23, and take hold of the promises that we will be blessed when we are persecuted for his sake, as he says in Matthew 5, 10 to 12. We are to, tr- we are to seek true peace, God's peace, and pursue it as a psalmist writes in Psalm 34, 14, even if it means costing you everything. The ability to not have to be afraid of what is to come and the ability to not have to dread on the past is something that only God's peace can provide. We are not, as followers of Jesus, we are not to live in anguish over the past, in anxiety over the future, or live in fear about the present. Followers of Jesus are to live in peace knowing that God has forgiven the past, provides for the present, and guarantees the future, and he, and he leaves nothing to disrupt the followers' true peace. When someone comes to repentance and confesses their sin to God, their unsettled guilt-ridden conscience is made whole. They no longer have to live in guilt, and this leads us to the fifth and final point of finding true peace in 2022. We need to look at the reality and rest of true peace. See, I want to make it sure that we understand the true reality of finding true peace. Because just by using the word peace, one can infer that I'm meaning that once you have found the true peace and by living in that peace, you will no longer suffer any kind of tribulation or trial. If we continue to read on, and read the rest of what Jesus tells his disciples in this final lesson. We actually see in John 16, 33, two chapters later, as he wraps up this lesson before he goes away to pray, Jesus gives the reality of what it looks like to live in that true peace. John 16, 33 says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. There it is again, Jesus saying, in me that you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The warning is clear. In the world you will have and in the world you will have tribulation. He doesn't say you might or you would be lucky to avoid. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. You follow me, you're gonna have tribulation. This warning is not just for the disciples who were with him that night. This warning is for anyone who decides to follow Jesus and commit their lives to him. When you take that step of faith and you surrender your life to Christ, you gain an enemy. And that enemy does not want you to experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because when you experience the peace that surpasses all understanding, it doesn't matter what the enemy can throw at you. Your eyes are fixed on one thing. The reality of pursuing And trying to live in true peace is the enemy will do everything he can to disrupt that peace. To make you look only to yourselves and make you think that you are satisfied with the temporary false peace that the world has to offer. I want to illustrate this for you. What this looks like. All right, let's let's say we're going to get creative this morning, okay? So I need you to use your imagination, okay? Uh, 
I've come to appreciate the imagination of the human mind, especially with Sadie, who, who can turn this picture into anything. So for this morning, though, this, this picture just represents your life. Okay, this represents everything that's ever happened. And, and here's the thing. This is designed for a particular thing, right? This picture was designed to, to do something particular. It has an intended purpose, right? There's only one thing that can honestly completely fill this picture, right, or this measuring cup, whatever you want to call it. And that, that would be liquid, right? Any type of liquid you would put into, into this, this pitcher would, would fill it completely. Right up to the top, there would be no space in between. It would fill it completely. And just like this pitcher being created for a specific purpose, we were also created for a specific purpose. We were created to have a relationship with God. Until Genesis 3, as I referenced before, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, and fell away from God, we've started filling our things that were not meant to be in our lives, right? To represent those things, got some ping pong balls, right? And, you, and we're, fill, we're trying to fill our lives with these things, right? You, know, you got some hatred for someone, slander, you struggled with, 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 with drugs, with, with alcohol, Abusive situations, either in marriage or, or in, uh, with your parents, whatever it may be. And we search and search, and, and the more we put in there, the, the less space there is, right? The, the, there's not a whole lot of space for anything else, right? And so a lot of times what we think is that if, if I just fill this up, then there's not going to be room for those things that I don't want in my life. As long as I am, I am full, then, then I'm okay. But the problem is, is that there's still room for more stuff. Right? There, there's still room. There's still those gaps that we keep trying to fit in to our lives that, that we can't fill. Because we can, only, we can only fill it with ping pong balls. Right? We search and search for that meaning. And you still feel empty. And then, and then here's the thing. Here's what oftentimes what we do then is... Is, is, we take, is we take our life, and then we try to mask it. We don't, we don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. We realize this, this stuff is heavy. Right, the stuff in, in here, it isn't filling us completely. It, it's running us out. And so then we try to mask it, and we, we stick it in, and, and we, we try to mask it. We try to hide it. It'd be like taking a piece of paper and, and, just, and just putting it around it so you can't see what's inside. But the problem is, is that they're still there. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean that that the problems aren't still there. Those difficulties, those trials, those tribulations are still there. They're still a part of you and they need to be dealt with and they're still hiding there. And so you try to hide them. And if I can just hold on, if I can just, if I can just hold on, then no one will ever know. No one can know because, man, I am, I am a respected member of society. No one can know. But all the while, you're walking around, and, and your, your cup is so full that, that, that your piece is just trying not to drop your pitcher. And, and then in that moment, more ping pong balls get happening. Man, now you got more. You've got more. And now you just found out that, that you're going to have another kid? You can't afford where you're going to live? Somebody's stealing from you? Like, where, 
how am I, okay, this is, this is getting too much. Right? It, it's, it's overflowing, and I, I want to deal with this, right? I, w- I want to get rid of this. There's only one way you're going to get rid of that. It's by filling the cup with what it was intended for. And I love what, what God says in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So what that means is that God, okay, again, use your imagination. This is God. And God says, you know what, I'm, you know what I do? Is I pour out over you my grace, which overcomes everything. And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, as we're filled with God's grace, and it's overflowing, eventually our load gets lighter and lighter. But here's the thing, it doesn't just stop there, it just keeps going, and it's overflowing and running until eventually all, all the stuff, all we can see, all we're identified by is what we were intended to be filled with. But here's the trap. Here's the trap. The enemy's not done. The enemy's not done because now our lives become bigger than us. When you surrender your life to Jesus, your life becomes bigger than you. All of this stuff is still here. But here, here is the cool thing. This is what I love. Our scripture tells us that when we come into the relationship with Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. What that means is that when the Lord pours his grace out on you, This water never leaves this cup. But what the enemy does is he tries to take all of those problems and he tries to remind you of who you were. There are countless times that the enemy tries to remind me that I had a 12-year addiction to pornography. But here's the thing is I'm not going to be holding nearly as much. And you know what happens is that that this pitcher, even though this pitcher is empty, what God pours out, his grace never runs out. And he continuously pours more water, and it continuously falls out. So I'm not identified any longer by the stuff that used to be that used to I used to identify with, and I am only filled with the Holy Spirit. I have peace because of what I'm filled with, not because what's on the surface. You are not going to be able to change what happens what happened to you. You are not going to be able to change the fact that you may have had an addiction. You're not, going to be a, you're not going to be able to change the fact that you may have been abused. You're not going to be able to change the fact that you may have not have been the best parent that you wanted to be or that God called you to be. You can't change that. But what, what God's word tells us is he says, that's okay because my grace is sufficient. Be filled with me. Be filled with me. And here's the thing. As it overflows, notice what the ping pong balls are floating. And they're floating. And it's God's grace that takes care of it. It's not us. We're only identified now with God's grace. And what he tells us to be identified with. Now that can be scary for, most, for some of us. Let's be honest. As we think about our lives being exposed, those things that we've hidden. I can attest that, that when I first came out with my pornography struggle, it was one of the scariest moments of my life. And those hurts and those wounds, 
if anyone finds out what I've done, if anyone finds out what, what I've done, how I'll look, my life will be over. Those things in your life be, become so much easier to deal with, though, because it's on the surface. Some of, these, some of these ping pong balls were buried pretty deep. Some of these scars, these wounds were pretty deep. And the only way you dealt with it was by dealing with the stuff that was on the top. And the only way you get that out is by allowing God to pour his grace and you begin walking with people and you begin continuously pouring, being poured into over and over again. Your peace and salvation need to rest in what Jesus accomplished on that cross and when he rose from the grave three days later. He told his he told his disciples in, in John 14, 30, I love this, I absolutely love this. He said, the ruler of the world is coming. He has no claim on me. Jesus means the enemy can do nothing to me. He answers to me. And you can have a peace in a little while because when I return to the Father, you are going to receive my spirit, the Holy Spirit, that gives you access to the very same power that I have, the very power that the enemy must, not has an option to, but that the enemy must answer to. No matter what happens to you, you can rest in the promise that I am in control. Look only to me. Don't focus on those things that you can't control. You can't control others' emotions or reactions, and you can't make someone choose to follow me. But you can rest in the fact that I have a plan and nothing is outside of my control. Nothing. Absolutely nothing is outside of God's control. And let's be honest. I know for some of us in this room, the thought of 2022 really makes you nervous. There are so many things out of your control, so many uncertainties. You just, knew, you just wish you knew what was going to happen in the next 365 days. And unfortunately, I don't, I don't have those answers. I don't. But what I do know is that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And no matter what happens to me, to my friends, to my family, in 2022, I can rest in the fact that it all happened with a purpose, whether or not I agree with it. You see, what's cool is we have something now that the disciples didn't have when Jesus was speaking to them. We have the whole story. We have the full prophecy of John. In Revelation to know how God's story ends. We know, and if you've read any part of Revelation, you know some of it can be very overwhelming. But I'm, I'm going to scale it down just, just for a second for you, okay? Because we can rest in knowing that in the end of Revelation, Satan will be thrown into hell for eternity. He will no longer prowl like a lion. And those that have committed their lives to Jesus will reign with Christ for eternity. No matter what happens in 2022, you can rest in the true peace that nothing the enemy throws your way can overcome the peace that God offers. We have the promise of God 
that there will be a day when there are no more tears, there is no more heartbreak, there is no more death, no more pain or suffering for those who have committed relationship with Jesus. That's true peace. That's true peace. So now that we have this understanding of true peace heading into 2022, I have three next steps for us. Only three. The first one is trust in Jesus as your Savior. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to surrender your life to him right now. And talk about what a way to end 2021 and to begin 2022 with the only relationship that can fulfill you and give you purpose. I, can emphasize, I cannot emphasize this enough. There is nothing you have to take care of, nothing you have to fix before you give your life to Jesus. All you have to do Three things, admit that you are a sinner, admit that you are eternally separated from God and that you need his saving grace, then believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and God rose him from the dead in three days, and then you commit your life to him. It's that simple. If that is you, if you've been feeling this pull on your heart that you have been filling your life with things that cannot fulfill you, you've been pursuing the false peace that the world offers and you, you don't want your life to be filled with those things anymore and you want your life to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then, I want, then I, I'm just going to ask everybody just to close their eyes and, and bow their heads. And if that's you, if that's you, if you want the peace that surpasses all understanding, it starts with trusting in Jesus as your Savior. And so if that is you, I want you just to pray this prayer with me right now. God, I am a sinner God, I have been pursuing false peace. God, I need your saving grace. God, I want to, I commit my life to you. God, please forgive me. God, I want my life to be about you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to tell someone about it. On your communication card, you can check it. Or you can, you can find me, you can find Pastor Ed, you can find one of the elders. We want to celebrate with you or just someone that you trust that you know has a relationship with Jesus. We're all gonna react the same. We're gonna celebrate with you because you now get to enter 2022 with a peace that surpasses all understanding. Number two, spend time daily in Scripture. In John 14, 26, Jesus tells his disciples of the helper, the Holy Spirit that will teach them all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. And here's the thing. You have the Holy Spirit the second you surrender your life to Jesus. But if you aren't spending time in the word, he can't bring anything to remembrance. Having true peace in 2022 means we know what God says about us and the different situations that will arise in 2022. There is no point in wandering aimlessly, waiting for God to speak to you because he already has. You just have to begin reading what he said. And number three, stay in community with other like-minded believers. Some of the best advice I've gotten when I've gone through hardships, through, through the death of a, a former student, through the death of a best friend, through the death of an aunt, is that in those times when I've 
I felt like being alone was the one time I needed someone the most. Because we're vulnerable. And I, I don't know what's going to happen in each of our lives, but I do know this. That things are going to happen where we need to be in community with like-minded believers. Who understand the truth, who understand the peace. Following Jesus is something that is not meant to be done alone. You need to be in community with other believers who can hold you accountable, who can walk with you through the hard times and rejoice in the good times. The best way to fight an enemy is through numbers. Stay in that community, especially if you're young in your faith and have recently given your life to Jesus. Be in community with other believers who you can learn from what following Jesus truly looks like so that you can have true peace in 2022 and beyond. God, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding. God, thank you that, that we have access to that peace. God, and I pray for anyone in here who does not have that peace, that 2022 just looks dark, looks bleak. God, I pray for surrender. God, I pray, God, that we be a church who lives in that peace. God, may we refute what the world has to say that we can obtain true peace by ourselves, Lord. May we only look to you. May we stay in constant accountability with each other. And may we spend time daily in your word, Lord, so that, Holy Spirit, you can bring to remembrance all that the Lord has taught us. God, thank you for 2021 and what you've done in it. And God, we look forward to what you're going to do in 2022. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.